What is up, everybody? I'm George Mossy. Please say hello to my co-host, Didi. So we had the liberty of watching You, Me, and My Ex, season two, episode seven. We're seven episodes in, and there's been a lot of drama, so I'm just going to jump right in. There's a lot to talk about. Um, Elodie, DeAndre, and Rowan are having some issues, and we, we had a serious conversation about um, DeAndre being a stepdad, but we also found out that Elodie has a very interesting dynamic with her ex-husband, Darian, because they're very close, and they also share a daughter, which... It's not weird that they're close, but the weird situation pops up is when Darian is taking care of Elodie after her breast augmentation surgery because she's not going to be able to be there for her daughter in the way that she would need to be, you know, as a mom, because she's going to be healing and she won't be able to do everything. And DeAndre kind of felt like, well, maybe I should be trusted more, you know, to be able to take care of her. And Elodie's like, well, that's a huge responsibility. You would have to learn how to change diapers. You learn how to take her to the bathroom. You have to learn all of these things. You're not really showing that you're ready to take those steps. And I think towards the end of the episode, it really hit that he's going to have to grow up, you know, and he's going to either be a stepdad or not be with Elodie. It's not, you can't have either one. Cause I think in his mind, he was like, well, when I'm ready to be a stepdad, I'll be a stepdad. But the way it is with Elodie, you take her, it's a package deal. You take the girl and her daughter as well. So I think that their relationship might be on the rocks. Yes, that's, I think so as well. Um, well. Anytime you go into a relationship and your partner has children, it's a whole package deal. Um, you not only are you taking on, you know, um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but if they have children, you're taking on their children and you're taking on the possibility of having to deal with the other parent if they're still involved. And I don't think that DeAndre has really thought about even becoming a stepdad. I still see him. I'm on Rowan's side on this one. I'm taking Rowan's side. Um, I'm seeing him still as wanting to party, still wanting to do what DeAndre wants. He's still not ready to settle down and be in a, you know, a full-blown committed relationship. I don't think he's ready. Nowhere near it. I think you're right. I think he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to have a family at home and then he wants to go out and party. And you, you can, but not in this situation. And even Rowan said it. She was like, if things would have worked out, he would have had to grow up. And this is the same crossroads where she ended it with him. He's not ready to grow up and put on the big boy pants and do the big boy things. He's just not ready. So speaking of that, I want to talk about Matt, Kinsey, and Chelsea, because I also feel like he's not ready to grow up and put on the big boy pants because he did offer an apology to Kinsey after, you know, last week when he ditched her to hang out with Chelsea and get drunk and then didn't do any of the chores that they had planned to do together to keep the household running, which is part of the relationship. Not One person can't be doing everything while the other person goes out to the bar and gets drunk with their ex. That's not a relationship. But he offered kind of a half-ass apology, right? Because he was like, well, I'm sorry that I was a dick, but I'm not sorry that I went to the bar. And I'm like, well, if you're not sorry, don't say you're sorry. Right. That's how I feel like if you're not really sorry, don't say it, because I hate that when people act like they're sorry because they just want to smooth things over. It's not a smooth over thing. Either you feel bad for what you did or you don't. And Kenzie deserves to be treated better. She doesn't need to be told what she needs to hear to make things better. And now she has this awkward task of driving them back to his truck together so he can drive her back to her car, which should have been done 
before. And it's like, he's like, well, I think she'll be fine after she knows what plans I have because he wants to propose. Kenzie, don't say yes, please. Kenzie, don't, please. Whatever you do, he's not ready to marry you. He's And it's exactly what Chelsea said. Chelsea was like, Matt is going to do what Matt wants to do. That's why we're not together. I mean, she even said, Kenzie even, um, not Kenzie, I'm sorry, Chelsea even said that's why she ended it with him, because he would always disappear. He was always wanting to party. You know, he he was always putting himself first. I said it um, last time, and I'll say it again. Matt is a narcissist. He knows exactly what to say, when to say, when to say it, and how to say it to reel Kenzie back in. And you could tell that his so-called apology was not an apology. I mean, if I was Kenzie, I would pack him and Chelsea's stuff up and kick them out of my house because, you know, nobody deserves to lower their standards as much as Kenzie has. I mean, she this is Kenzie's home. This isn't Matt's home. This is Kenzie's home. And she is um, having to compromise for his ex-girlfriend to come in and live with them. Who in their right mind would do that? I mean, but then again, when you're with a narcissist, they know exactly how to paint the, the picture a different color to make it look, you know, better than what it really is. So yeah, Kenzie needs to pack them up and get them out of her house and call it a day. So let's talk about April and Lauren because they went to Palm Springs to see Roy and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. I've always felt like Roy was the right person for April, and I she told us last season they weren't together at the right time in their life because they do love each other, they do have that connection. But the time that they were together, it just didn't work out. But I feel like this time now, I see Roy as the right person, and she wants to move to Palm Springs to be where he is, not necessarily to be with him but just to escape the craziness that her life is right now and to get away from John. And I think that that move would be good, but I do want to say this. I think that April, she told us um, that she was in a marriage since she was 16. She's always been in a relationship. She's a mom. She's always been a wife. She's never been able to take care of April. So I think that it's important that April just spend some time taking care of April now Stop being that nurturing person that she's always been. It's okay to be selfish when it's going to benefit your health and well-being. And I think April has been through so much and she's given so much of herself to other people. And a lot of people didn't appreciate the, the love and support and how much she's done for them. And I think it's just important that April spends that time with herself. And Lauren actually dropped the bomb on us and told Told us that she's in a serious relationship, which is interesting because she's never serious. And it's with a woman and moving across country is going to work for her because this relationship is turning into more than she thought it was. So this is a huge deal for April and Lauren because their domestic partnership, if April was to leave and go to California, that's going to break this domestic partnership up into different dynamics. She's, I think April said it's going to it's going to look like something different than what it is now. And I understand that she's grown accustomed to having Lauren there, her best friend, someone who's non-judgmental, someone who supports her, someone who respects her, someone who understands her. So losing that, I think would be too much. April has lost a lot. You know, she's been through so much. I really hope that her and Lauren can continue and maintain that friendship, even if it's cross states, right? Yes, exactly. Um, but I am glad that they did clarify that they are not in a 
sexual oh. relationship because that is what's been all over social media. Are they mm -hmm. or are they not a couple? So I'm glad they finally <laughs> cleared that up. But yes, April, you know, they make such a, they are, how can I, how can I say it? Their friendship is very few and far between. You don't find genuine relationships like that. You know, they have each other to, um, to lean on. They have each other, they're each other's backbone. They're there to support um, each other. And yes, I do think that it really is um, the perfect, you know, match for, for her again. You know, like she said, they, they maybe were in the, the time of their life where they shouldn't have actually been together. But I think how it's going, I see them two possibly getting back together. I see it too. And I think if she was to move there with her son, Tanner, they're just going to become a family again, right? I feel like being that close together, because the only thing that's really keeping them apart, other than her being married to John, was the distance. You know, and I yeah. feel like once the distance is taken away, I feel like they're going to fall right back into the, the marriage and the relationship they were in. Oh, I want to talk about Alex, Caroline, and Steve, because um, Alex isn't talking to Steve because his lack of following directions and planning the Dashler party, because they only, he only gave them one rule, no strippers. And when he arrived, there was a stripper. Caroline still doesn't know that there was a stripper. And I feel like Alex is doing a really good job at trying to protect Caroline's feelings because he wants her to have a stress-free pregnancy because she was diagnosed with... Um, preeclampsia which is a serious serious um thing for a pregnant woman because it's high blood pressure pregnancy can lead to such horrible complications so it's super important that she is stress-free and we saw that she's in several issues and at a photo shoot that he planned a maternity photo shoot she ended up going back to the hospital for the second time and we're really worried and we just hope that the baby is safe. And if anything, they would deliver the baby um, early, premature, but it would be taken care of in the in the baby ICU. But either way, we're hoping for the best for Alex and Caroline and the baby. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm cheering for them. Uh, you know, they they have been through a lot together, you know, trying to make their their relationship work. You know, Caroline and Alex, you know, they they both sacrificing a lot. Um, but I can say, you know, Steve, that was way disrespectful. That right there should have shown Alex not only does he not have respect for him, but he does not have respect for his wife, um, Caroline. That right there, I don't care what kind of relationship you you have had or you have with a person like that whether it's a woman or a man, you need to cut all ties off right then and there. Because if they not only, you know, they respect, they disrespected you, but they disrespected your wife. Who does that? If he was a true friend, he would have never done that. Never. And, and I get where Alex is coming from. You know, whenever you have preeclampsia in your pregnancy, you have to stay as calm as possible because at least a little bit of your thing can trigger it. You know, and not only would that be putting your your life in danger, you're putting the life of your unborn baby in danger. So I, you know, I am in agreement with Alex. But once everything is over, Alex needs to let Caroline know, look, this is what happened. I didn't tell you at the moment because 
you know, I didn't want you to be stressed out. I wanted uh, a full, um, you know, healthy baby. I wanted you to be okay. I wanted the baby to be okay. That was my main concern at that moment. But this is what really happened. And this is the actions that I took. Yeah, no secrets. So, oh, real quick, let's talk about Josh, Danielle, Jennifer, and Chantel, because their dynamic of living together, I guess Chantel was right because she's saying that it, it's causing a lot of problems. We also learned that Chantel and Jennifer were having issues prior to them moving in together that are kind of being exaggerated and exasperated throughout them living together. Even Josh and Danielle said that their tension is growing. And it's like, I think that living together under one roof seemed like a good idea, but with Danielle who works third shift, so she needs to sleep during the day and Josh and Jennifer who work together in real estate and then the kids in the house and, and Chantel working a job outside the house. I think that the dynamic is just really difficult. And I think that everyone is struggling in the situation. And they're even worried that the kids might be picking up on like the fighting and the bickering. And they just want to change the game plan. So what do you think that they need to do to change this to make it better? Or do you think they should just move back into their prospective homes? Like what's the best course of action to save this? Move back into their own homes because it's already they haven't even been living together. But for just I don't even think it's been a month yet. It's no. just been a couple of weeks and everything is already going downhill. You know, like I said in the beginning, I'm on Chantel's side. There's mm -hmm. too many people under one roof Too me. And there's too many um, attitudes. There's too many characters. There's too many. Um, how do you say it? There's. Um, too many chiefs and not enough Indians, or I guess that's how you say it, but it's, everybody is wanting to take control of everything and it can't work that way. Everybody, especially whenever you have multiple families, you have, you all have to have, um, you know, boundaries. You all have to be on the same page. If not, it's going to be chaotic. I would hate to see their relationships and their family dynamics suffer simply because they're all living together because they're so close and they've done things yeah. that families do. Like, uh, Josh is a sperm donor for his ex-wife and her new wife. Like they're so close and they've done things that they, that people never are able to do. So I don't want them to ruin it just by living together. Not when they have prospective homes that they could live in and they maybe seeing each other every other day is what made it, you know, last this long and work this long. So I'm hoping that they're able to fix that. All right, we run out of time. Thank you so much to my co-host Didi for joining me. This has been the You, Me, and My Ex Season 2 Episode 7 Podcast Recap. I'm George Mossy. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com. And anywhere you get your podcast, you need to follow my co-host Didi too. Her links are right here at the bottom, right there. Thank you so much, guys. We'll talk to you really soon.